0: Welcome back. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Beaton, joined by the gorgeous man across from me, the fantasy master Lothario himself, Gray Albright.
1: Hey, Gray, how's it going, man? We're 72 know, man. hours from I'm baseball. Just flo- I'm, I am floating on <laughs> Jordan Walker enthusiasm. I'm, just like, I'm above the clouds right now, man, and I'm just like looking down. And I'm just seeing beauty everywhere. <laughs> just love <laughs> just love. I'm just like my it's like I have a cartoon heart and it's beating out a, a giant red heart just beating out of my chest. It's just beautiful. <laughs> Did
0: you happen to get him while you were in, in Vegas for your, your main event draft?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we just, uh, so we just got back from Vegas, uh, donkey teeth, uh, myself and, uh, Rudy. Um, unfortunately Be Don, you weren't able to make it, but maybe next year. Um, Everyone who's listening is invited, uh, next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I own Vegas now. No, anyway, uh, everyone's invited to Vegas any weekend they want to go because you know, it's free country. Hey, free country. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, on Friday I left for Vegas. I'll, uh, Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll set up the uh, story a little bit. So at like, so my flight was like at nine thirty in the morning. So at like eight in the morning, <laughs> I say obviously. Oh, by the way, obviously we're done with the rankings, so so I can talk nonsense for a little bit. <laughs> so, um, at like, so the flight's at nine thirty. So at like seven o'clock in the morning, I'm like, uh, I, we had uh, we had uh, uh, shabu. I don't know if people are familiar with shabu, but we had shabu the night before. Uh, a hot pot, right? So we had a hot pot. Well, um, seven a.m. in the in the morning. I had a hot pot again, <laughs> so so to speak, and uh, I overflowed uh, my bathroom toilet, <laughs> and I was like, but then I was like, oh my god, I got I got to get in the Uber. I'm so sorry, uh, I'm so sorry, Coogs. I got to get going, and. Uh, and then, but I'm like, oh man, my stomach again. I was like, I got to use your bathroom. I'm sorry. <laughs> so then I went into her bathroom and clogged up her bathroom. Too. <laughs> you know, so, Gray, you're
0: supposed to flush as you go. That's that's the general rule here.
1: <laughs> so and then and so I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I have to leave. I have a flight to catch. <laughs> so so I left her with two toilets backed up, and then I get a text from her saying that they're they're starting to overflow and into her into her shower so so into her shower is, is overflowing sewage um and i'm in the uber on the way to vegas so <laughs> bye bye cooks how how do you still have a house to come back to how are you
0: not locked oh. out of your 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 own house right now gray how did that yeah. happen <laughs>
1: I know. How lucky did I get? So anyway, um, so at the main – so I'll I'll cut to the chase. So um, the main event, so Donkey and I shared a team. Uh, It's a uh, $1,700 entry, something like that. I think it's a $1,700 entry. Honestly, I don't know. I I have to pay Donkey still. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so of course – in the seventh round for the min, this was on uh, Saturday morning. So before Jordan Walker was announced officially on Sunday. So on Saturday morning, uh, we made the minimal bid for all main event drafts uh, on Jordan Walker. We got him at, I want to say, pick ninety-five. Um, the seventh, the seventh round, we took Jordan Walker, and you know what? I was, we were kind of looking at the sixth round to take them. <laughs> we, <were like, laughs> we were like, do we wait longer? Because, like, we have to have them. Um, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> I've been, I mean, you know, because we were doing the rankings podcast, obviously, we weren't able to talk about anything other than the position we were uh, covering for that day. But, I mean, I, you, we all know. I mean, I've been driving that Jordan Walker bus, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on it. I am like, let's go, man. He honestly, like, he looks like a, uh, like a pool holds 20. Like, he's like a man. He's like a man in a 20-year-old body. Like, he looks like he could hit 35 homers this year, steal 15 bags, I was say uh hit 260. I was saying on the site that he reminded me of a young Giancarlo Stanton. Um yeah, I <laughs> dude, I love Jordan Walker, man. I'm like crazy about him. I hope he can hit um uh, what should we call it? like inside pitches or and breaking stuff. Like uh, you know, there's there's some concern that he could get exploited by major league pitching, but with like the um the more uh, balanced schedule, pitchers will be facing him less. He just needs, like, one fastball per game, and dude can <laughs> rake, man. Oh, my God. I'm so pumped that we got Jordan Walker. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, other uh, other parts of the main, I don't know if you uh, – do you care about my, my main? I don't know. Yeah, I think
0: yeah, the people think... listening care. I mean, I, I may not care, but I think the people listening care.
1: Oh, okay, uh, yeah, so I can go, uh, like, the, the main was, like, we went into it with um, a uh, strategy of, like, we wanted to, like, we had the seventh pick, uh, it's a snake draft, for people who don't know, it's a it's a 15-team league, so it's like the, uh, it's sort of like the draft champions leagues that we do at RasBall with NFBC, but it's a, uh, there's uh, only 30 rounds, um, versus 50 and there is uh you know it's 15 team and there's waivers so you can so there's fab um so anyway so we had uh we had a strategy in place where we were like we had we had team seven so we were either going tucker or otani was more or less the uh, was probably going to happen. Like obviously, guys drop in in drafts, and you never know exactly what's going to happen if you're at pick seven. But the assumption was we'd get Tucker or Otani, and I really wanted Otani. So, and I knew who was drafting the uh, the spot in front of us was uh, Jenny Butler at Team Six. So I said to her the night before, I was like, "Do you know yet who you're drafting?" And she's like, "I just took Otani today." So, I'm taking Tucker at pick six. So, we're like, okay, great. So, we're getting Otani, which was totally fine. And we drafted Otani, which also gives us the flexibility because in these drafts, for people who aren't familiar, these drafts, pitching gets really pushed up. Like, it's like, you know, for instance, in one draft, not our draft, but in one draft, someone took Kevin Gaussman before Juan Soto in the third round. (laughs) Juan Soto fell to the third round in in the draft, and Kevin Gaussman got drafted before him. So that gives you an idea of how much pitching gets pushed up. I personally don't really you know push up pitching just because everyone else is doing it, but obviously, it's like that's a a main event, a main event thing. So with Otani, though, at pick seven, we have the flexibility of being like, like if we need pitching, we can put Otani in as a pitcher. And if we need hitting, we can put Otani in as a hitter. So we're really happy with Otani. Like, and he gives us the flexibility where even if pitchers fly off the board, you know, it's fine. Like we don't have to push it necessarily. So we took Otani at seven and then at pick 22, because pitching is so picked up, uh, pushed up, we were able to get Yordan Alvarez in the second round at pick 22, which is like, I mean, for people who read, you know, Ras and know my rankings, I have Yordan at seven. <laughs> I, have, I basically got two top seven guys in a 15-team league at pick seven. Like, that's insane. Like, if Otani, I know, like, obviously there's Jordan. Uh, concerns with the hand. I mean, I get it, obviously, but I I, I love Jordan. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. He was fine last year. Like there's no reason why suddenly he's not going to be fine. So we got so anyway, I'll go through it real fast. Um we got Otani in the first round, Jordan in the second. Christian Javier was our first pitcher. Um trust me, all the pitchers were off the board. <laughs> so it's, it sounds crazy to have Christian Javier in the third round. And it is a little crazy, but I mean, there was, I don't, I'm not going to count them right now, but Dylan Cease was off the board to give people an idea. Like pitchers were off the board. Um, there was closers off the board. Josh Hader was off the board. I mean, at, all pitchers were off the board. So we took Christian Javier in the third as our first quote unquote pitcher even though we have Otani. Then in the fourth round, you know, because we're Team Sexy, we took O'Neal Cruz. Mm, kind of love him. Then we turned that around and took you Darvish. Then Camilio Duvall. Then Jordan Walker. Hello. Lance Lynn. Steven Kwan. Kude Senga. Ryan Mountcastle. Grayson Rodriguez. Yoshida. Heaney. C.J. Abrams. Brandon Donovan. Carlos Carrasco. I'll leave it at that. That's up to pick seventeen. But as you can see, we drafted every single Asian. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are we are we were so influenced by the Japan's win at the WBC. <laughs> we we are leading in, man. We are like, you know what? I fell asleep watching uh, Team Japan in the WBC, and I woke up with this <laughs> drafted main event team. <laughs> Man. you know what i think you're you're rubbing off on me b don that's where <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> go with it i was like
0: dt is my football podcast co-host you're my baseball co-host so like i feel like i have some influence in here as well but <laughs> japan's yeah. victory was, it was i mean it was it was a great uh, wbc
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so um i i like the team i mean i don't know you can uh, you can comment and say wow that sounds terrible but i i you know the uh the pitching, uh, like I said already with Otani, but Christian Javier, you Darvish, Duval, Lance Lynn, Senga, Grayson, Heaney, Carrasca, as like uh and then oh Sean Manaya. So before round 20, <laughs> we had a ton of pitching, man. I mean, this is the most pitching I think I've had in any draft this year. And our hitting is solid too, though. Like Otani, if we use him as a hitter, Don. O'Neal Cruz, Jordan Walker, Stephen Kwan, Mountcastle, Yoshida, Abrams, Donovan, Oscar Colas, and Avicel Garcia is like the main pitching. And then we have like, you know, flyers at the end. But, I mean, excuse me, the main hitting. And then we have flyers at the end of like um, the Blake Sables and the Logan O'Hops, the catchers and all that uh, crap. But, yeah, I mean, I like the team. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm feeling pretty confident about it, to be honest, more confident than I was last year. And I felt pretty confident last year. <laughs> then again, I think we finished in like ninth. <laughs> so know. my confidence was misplaced last year. But I'm feeling good this year. We'll see. You know, who knows?
0: I mean, I leave, and this is this has been an ongoing thing. I leave every draft feeling confident. That's that's part of the problem. Is like I leave a draft. I'm like, I killed it. It doesn't matter whether I did or not. Like I just assume I did because I drafted players I like. I don't. I don't draft people just to draft them. Like, I've I buried those guys in my rankings so that I'd never have to see them on my rosters. Um, so, that, I mean, I, you should like your team. Like, if you don't like your team, rethink your process a little bit, I think. Um, but, I mean, that was my, the only thing that I was going to say is You'll
1: be surprised. You'll be surprised, though. I mean, maybe they're self loathing people, but there's people at the draft where, like, you'll talk to people. I'm not going to name names, but I, I talk to people and they're like, meh. I didn't really like my first pick. I was like, dude, you had you have, you, you months to figure this out. Your first pick,
0: like, how do you screw up one through 15? Like, that should pretty much be set in a queue, ready to be autoed. Like, what is going on, Greg? Like, I don't know. Those, those people confuse the hell out of me. Like, if you don't like them, they don't freaking take them there. Like, don't let ADP tell you what you're supposed to do because he's, and this is the main event. You paid. Two grand to get in this damn tournament. And you're you're like I don't like my my first round pick. Like, get, get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the team's good. I think the only thing that I would say is what you already said, which is like it was weird a little bit to hear all the pitchers that you that you drafted in like the first twelve rounds because I don't I don't know that I've ever heard you draft like five, four or five pitchers. In the first yeah. like ten rounds, and uh, that's just that's very weird. But you're right; like it depends on the league. I know main events, and in, in a lot of NFBC leagues in general, yeah. tend to push up pitching. I, I don't know. It's I guess it's like just the thinking that goes on in those. Are they're all kind of following yeah. certain certain diagrams that they think is going to work?
1: Um, no, totally. We had uh, I mean, we had eight eight starters uh, plus Duval by the The second break, which is pick twenty, and we had more pitching than even Rudy at that point. <laughs> like we took, we took so much pitching. Like I, you know, I just felt like we really had to lock down pitching, and then I liked our hitting up front. Like you can, like Otani's a, and that's not counting Otani. Otani's a hitter for us. Uh, you know, barring weird things, mm. but Otani. We had Otani, Yordan, and O'Neill Cruz as three of our top four picks, and still ended up with that much pitching. So it was like we really backloaded. Like we we took pitching. Like after O'Neal Cruz, like we took a lot of pitching. Yeah. Like there was like there was people you know drafting um, many more hitters than us. Like in those other rounds, but we were you know I don't know man. Also, just a note that I actually. An actual note which could help people. <laughs> An actual bit of advice on this podcast, but we took uh, Cutter Crawford with the very last pick of the draft, and it looks like he's lined up to take on the Pirates and Tigers the uh, first week of the, the first full week of the season. So, if people are listening and they have, uh, you know, they're looking for a streamer, Cutter Crawford sounds pretty good to me. All
0: right, yeah, that's good. That's good information to give on the on the back end of that. <laughs> um, I, I would say I, w- I had the uh, I had my first RCL draft the uh, the I guess it's my RCL draft I was the only only one of the Razzball riders in it um, I went uh, you know obviously RCL is completely different than main events I went the complete opposite way Gray I didn't draft a starting pitcher I had two relievers but I I didn't draft a starting pitcher until round eleven in uh, the RCL last night uh, it, it, my pitching rotation ended up being Jeff Springs Kershaw. Lance Lynn, Brady Singer, Edward Cabrera, Drew Rasmussen, Hunter Brown, Trevor Rogers, um, and Dylan Dodd. Like as as I'm reading those names for waiting until the eleventh round, I'm I'm actually pretty stoked about that rotation. So it's a lot of exciting names. I don't I don't necessarily I can't write things down for them like I could if I took a top twenty starter. But I like every single guy I just named
1: yeah no that's yeah it sounds good i mean with rcls as you know there's so much churn there's a lot of churn so yeah i mean it sounds like a good uh, starting off point though
0: yeah so just i just loaded up on bats that was fun um let's talk about let's get into actual actual notes here um we talked about jordan walker like should we just go ahead and write him down as the 101 for 2023 now gray or should we wait like two weeks like should we give it a little bit of time (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, what, are, yeah. what are your expectations
0: I, for Jordan Walker? Let's, let's just get into it.
1: I mean, I well, I, I mean, I kind of said it uh, during the uh, the main event segment that I, I feel like he's like a, a rookie Giancarlo. Like he could be. Like I don't think he's necessarily like you know. I mean, at worst, he feels like a twenty homer, seven steal. 240 hitter, like at worst, like, and that's, I mean, uh, obviously, that is, it's not great. I mean, I'll be honest, <laughs> that's not a great line. But the upside, I think the upside is possibly as good as anyone. Like, I was saying on the website that, like, him, Corbin Carroll, and Gunnar Henderson, they feel like 1A, 1B, 1C of like the prospects for this year. And Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson were obviously top 100 picks the entire offseason. So Jordan Walker, like if you got him up until the moment, like, you know, at like the point where the Cardinals said he's definitely making the team, I think you were probably you were out earning your draft spot with him. Absolutely. Like, I think I think there's a case to be made that he is a top 70 pick right now. I got him, like we said, uh, we got him at, like, 90-something in the main event. I could see him going as low. I think I have him. I re-ranked him. I think I re-ranked him around, like, 88. So I think he's probably, close. like, in drafts still happening, I think he's probably going to be closer to, like, Gunnar Henderson in ADP versus Corbin Carroll because Corbin Carroll's, like, he's his main attribute is speed, and you can't, you can't stop speed assuming he's healthy. Like he's going to steal 30 plus bags very easily. Uh, it's just a matter of what he does on the power side, uh, Corbin Carroll, but Jordan Walker, he needs to hit in order to have value. And I think he, he will do it. I think he could, like, we could see possible, like 12 Homer mumps from Jordan Walker this year. Like it's possible. Like, they face the pirates and they face enough like bad pitching i wouldn't be shocked if jordan walker hits you know anywhere from 27 to 32 homers and steals 12 plus bags and hits 255 plus i mean it's on the table as like realistic expectations i think like i don't think i'm i'm being that crazy with those numbers and that's like that's top fifty overall type numbers. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited, man. I I really am. I think uh, I think there I think there could be really some like excellent excellent value from Jordan Walker. Um, you know the the Cardinals have a lot. I shouldn't say actually. I said the worst possible scenario. That's the worst possible scenario. I think if he plays. Um, if he, the, the absolute worst possible scenario is the Cardinals have a ton of options. Like he could struggle in April and they have so many options that, you know, they might just, they could send him down like that he could, he could get replaced by, uh, you know, like the Cardinals have like five outfielders. Yep. As got sent down, he,
0: they could easily bring Depe, him back Depe's,
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the absolute worst case scenario, but yeah, I mean, I, you in in today's game, if you're calling up a guy to start him opening day, they're 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 happy with what they're seeing. They're ready to play him every day, um, you know. Other than like you know uh, days when he gets rested, obviously. But I mean, he's gonna play. He's gonna hit. I'm super. I'm super pumped. Honestly, like outside, like I like him more than Corbin Carroll. I would draft. I think Corbin Carroll is much safer. That's all. I'll say, like, Corman Carroll going before Jordan Walker makes sense because he's safer, but I like Jordan Walker's profile a lot. Like, I like it a lot. I'm I'm pumped. Like And especially as a third baseman, third base is not a great position. I mean, there's a lot of, like, you know. I mean, him, like, you look at his numbers and it's, like, he is, like, you know, at worst, he's, like, C.J. Krohn. With, like, 12 steals. That's really good, you know? I, I mean, that feels, like, solid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What you, what's your thoughts? No, I, I pretty
0: much echo everything you said in regards to, like, what the projections look like, what the possibilities are, and then, you know, also the, the possible negative is that he gets sent down or gets platooned or, you know, he there's, there's a very strong possibility he hits towards the bottom of the lineup. Potentially, if he doesn't kind of hit the ground running now, I will say, I don't know that, like, anybody has one and two locked in for the Cardinals. I know that, you know, you go and you'll see projected lineups wherever you go for your projected lineups, but, like, Donovan, Newt Edmund, O'Neill, like, none of them are necessarily locked in as a one-two guy. Like, it could be any of them on any given day, and if Jordan Walker hits the ground running, he could easily be one-two in that lineup. Um, if if everything gets going and I, I think that's kind of the upside shot is that he works his way up first like month or two outperforms all those other you know random mass cardinals guys that we're talking about and ends up the two hitter you know in front of arenado goldschmidt which would be just amazing for his production um, in regards to rankings i actually moved him up to number 69 uh just ahead of jake mccarthy taylor ward and corbin carroll and after him, I have Gunnar Henderson at 72. And our next person that we're going to talk about, which is Anthony Volpe at 80. Uh, in regards to Anthony Volpe, he's much more on the lines of Corbin Carroll, as his speed is really the carrying factor for what he's going to do for you. You know, they said it couldn't happen. They said he wasn't on the 80. He wasn't on the 40 man. The Yankees have options. They don't. They haven't been playing rookie. Well. Anthony Volpe's here. He got the call up. He's starting up in the majors. He went 18 and 44 last year in the minors in double A. That's absolutely absurd from a stolen base perspective. Again, it's another scenario where he's going to start at the bottom of the lineup. But I don't think the Yankees actually have a leadoff hitter yet. So he could he could work his way up there if he shows he has the tools.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this one actually caught me by surprise because I think there is, there was, like, I was told, well, I wasn't told. I mean, I, I knew that he wasn't on the, uh, the 40 man, but I was told that that was the reason why he wasn't going to uh, break camp. So that kind of cooled me a little bit. Like, you know, I, I trust, uh, I have to, you know, you have to trust other people because you can't stay on top of everything and prospects especially like I lean on other people for prospects so I you know I was told that Volpe wasn't going to break camp you know you know no one know, no one knows what's going to happen I mean he had a huge spring you know I didn't I don't blame other people it's like you know that's that's just the way it goes sometimes so I was I was surprised by the Volpe one I was totally like I was taken aback I didn't think he was going to break camp cause that's what I was told. And, you know, I sort of, uh, I leaned into that and I never really drafted Volpe, unfortunately. Um, but you know, looking at him, I, you know, the, the the weird thing is, so it, there was also like, I didn't draft him too because like, you know, I also lean on, um, the war room in drafts and the war room, Still, like Jordan Walker, once he started getting playing time, the war room started warming up to Jordan Walker. But even, even if Rudy like fudged the numbers and gave Anthony Bolpe like opening day, like breaking camp and opening day projections, his projections still weren't like amazing. Like you look at like um you look at like he and in a hundred and forty games he has like you know, 14 homers, 21 steals, 230 average is what the projections are saying. That's awful. I mean, that's, I mean, not awful, but it's like, that's not great. Like, that's not top 100 uh, numbers. That's like, you know, that's worse than, you know, say uh, Therio, uh Estrada or whatever. Like, you know, so a, a, a middleman who's going like around, 140 overall like that's a little bit worse than that um especially worse on average so you know it was hard for me to get like so even so even if I put aside the fact I was being told Volpe wasn't going to break camp even if I put that aside when I looked at the numbers I was never really that excited for him so I was like "Eh." I mean I didn't I so I never got in on him um so you know I now looking at him I mean obviously I would draft him now but even when I re-ranked him, I only re—I put him like one, I think one twenty something overall. So he's still he's still out of the top one hundred for me. I you know I gave him the benefit of the doubt on um, average. I I bumped him up like higher than projections are saying. So even if you give him like a two fifty average, and you give him like you know, 15 Homer power because Yankee stadium is good. And you know, he hit like you, you mentioned his minor league numbers. So he's like, he's got some power and it's developing. So it could get better. Um, so even if you say like 15 to 17 homers, he's got good speed. So 15 to 17 homers, 25 to 30 steals, assuming the Yankees let him run, which I mean, I, I guess they would, I don't see why not. So You know, 25 to 30 steals, 250 average. That's good. That's real. I mean, that's a solid MI. Like, that's a really, like, that probably gets him in the top, like, 80 overall at the end of the uh, year if he's able to hit 15 homers, steal 25 bags, and hit 250, even at the bottom of the Yankees lineup. And, like you said, they don't really have a number – they don't have a leadoff hitter in that lineup. Like – you know, I saw uh, some projected lineup saying Clayburn Torres, which doesn't really make any sense, to be honest. And you know, hitting Judge leadoff is just bad for I mean, it's it's dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of dumb. You know, like you know, uh, so I don't know. I don't know who's going to hit leadoff for them. And it's really late in the game to be saying that, but it could be Volpe. I uh, I wouldn't be shocked by it. And you know, if he does hit. At the top of the lineup and hits 15 homers, steals 30 bags, and hits 250, he's going to be a. He's at, that's like a, a top 40 overall uh, player on the player radar. Like that, like the runs alone of a, you know he'll that'll push him to like near 95 plus runs and get in the Yankees lineup. That probably gets him 55 to 65 RBIs even as a leadoff guy. That's assuming everyday playing time. Yeah, I mean that it's a hard it's a hard case to make that he's not a top fifty overall guy at the end of the year if that is the uh, the trajectory he is uh, his season takes. I'm 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 not in on him personally, but I would draft him now. I I like him. I just unfortunately I'm too late to the game to get him. Yeah,
0: I, I'm in on him. I uh, I have him in a few leagues, and I mean I, I think maybe the only thing that holds me back is I just generally tend to build speed up pretty quickly in my drafts so by the time i would need or be drafting volpe a lot of times i'm like over my projected stolen base number already don't really need them so it's really kind of like do i want to take the value pick or do i take something i i actually need in the draft but i have no problem taking them there you you mentioned kind of the upside is you know what i have 30 even 30 plus stolen bases 15 ish maybe even 20 home runs um, if, if everything kind of clicks right now, that may not happen. I don't know if the power is going to carry over quite the way that uh, I hope it does. But he's looked good in spring. He's hit three home runs, five stone bases. He's hitting, he's hitting over 300 here in spring, which is a small sample size and you know a lot of guys trying to get playing time and all of that. But like at the end of the year, he could give you something very similar like what we got from Cedric Mullins last year, which was the top 30 player.
1: Right. Yeah. C- yeah. I mean, Cedric Mullins may not be that far off from what we're uh, looking at. Yeah, like, that's what it, Like that's what I was saying. Like, the best-case scenario is, that's a good comp, actually. Best-case scenario for him is Cedric Mullins. The worst case is, you know, well, the worst-worst case is he Cedric. just doesn't hit in the majors. <laughs> like, he, he has a 30-plus K rate, and he hits 220, and he's kind of unrosterable in most leagues. But... The worst-case scenario that's more realistic, I think, is probably 12 homers, 12 to 15 homers, 25 steals, 240, and hits, like, maybe 250 at-bats at the bottom of the lineup, maybe 200 at the top of the lineup. And, you know, Peraza comes up and takes a couple of bats away from him and they you know maybe they platoon a little it's like it's a very crowded scene but I think realistically I think this year might be a a year early on Volpe but I'm not you know i I, I don't feel very confident in saying that like he <laughs> could he could absolutely be the AL Rookie of the Year and have an amazing year, for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's definitely, as you mentioned, there's a little bit more risk, I think, on on Volpe than we were talking about. Like, that's why Corbin Carroll is still the top ranked of, of all these guys we've talked about because he generally just carries the least amount of risk. His his hit tool is the best. He's not going to strike out as much as these other guys, at least in our minds right now. So that's, that's kind of why he sits at the top of them. And again, his position has been very set this whole draft season we knew he was going to make the team we know he's likely standing at the top of the lineup unless things go absolutely wrong and so that's why they're ranked as they are now another guy we got the word on that he's coming up or he's, he's staying up i guess is oscar colas um i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i kind of expected the white Sox to screw this up although the more we got the, the later we got in the spring it, it became more obvious he was going to kind of make the team
1: yeah, no, definitely. I was uh, you know, I was I was DMing with uh Keelan, um our uh, injury writer who's she's also she's not only our injury writer, but she's also a White Sox fan. And I was DMing with her like I want to say like 6 weeks ago saying like, you know, Cola's is uh I mean, he, does he look like he's in a break camp? And like she was saying even 6 weeks ago it looked that way. Um and I was uh, you know, I, I drafted him in quite a few places, actually. I was surprised when I looked at my shares of, for him. I uh, I was in on him pretty early. I, but he's also, like, I, I do think, like, he's a uh, lower upside guy than, uh, you know, Walker and Volpe. Oh. Like, we're not talking about the same level type, uh, you know, prospect. I also think it, it didn't hurt for him. Because uh, why I was in on him, I even I, I think I re-ranked him even uh, on Rasball like uh, like three weeks ago. Uh, I moved him up in the outfield mm-hmm. ranks because, you know, he is a uh, he's an import from um, uh, what's you know, from Cuba. So he he was getting paid already. So he's an international free agent. So he was already getting paid. So it, it kind of didn't make sense. Like they probably were like we're paying him let's get him in the majors. If he's ready, why Why would we keep him down? So it it always kind of felt like it was going to lean that way. And um, even back in December, when I was first doing my rankings, I had Colas pretty high uh, compar- comparatively. So I was always sort of in on him. But like I said, the upside, the ceiling is not quite like a Walker or Volpe ceiling because he's less less speed. Colas is probably... You know, I think I have him actually high on uh, my speed projections, but he's probably like 5, maybe 5 to 7 steals on the odd on the like ceiling. Uh he's got solid power, like he could hit 25 homers and maybe like, you know, he, he's uh, you know, he's the prototypical Cuban player where it's like they swing at everything. So I mean, he, he could maybe get in trouble with strikeouts, but they tend, you know, he, he tends to, like, hit pretty well for, um, you know, uh, in the, in the uh, like, lower minors, at least. His K rate wasn't, you know, completely insane. So I think he could hit 240, 250 potentially. Uh, so 25 homers. Say, say, you know, realistically, three to five steals, 25 homers, five steals, 240-ish average. Not, that's not bad. I mean, it's for considering he's basically free right now off of waivers in most people's leagues, uh, most shallower uh, leagues, and in deeper leagues, he was going like we drafted him in the main. I forget now, and I closed the window, but I think it was – we drafted him at, like, 22nd round, so that's, like, after 300 overall, which is basically a free pick. So, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I I like him a lot, actually. I just don't – you know, just keep expectations in check.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's pretty much the expectation that I have. I've moved him up to around 150 overall in my rankings – um, kind of behind the Verdugo, Nemo, Lars, Newt Bar grouping. Um, I think that's kind of where he fits in. Like, I, those guys kind of bring a little more security in where they're hitting, Verdugo, Nemo especially. Um, and the Newt Bar brings, you know, he's kind of the same upside, I think, with with we're looking at with Kolos, but we've actually seen Newt Bar up in the majors. Um, so I, that's kind of the where I think he belongs, at least in, within my rankings. Um, I did get him in a, in a few places, but I, again, it was more late in the draft season as it became a little bit more clear he was going to get his shot. Next guy uh, is Brett Beatty that we're going to talk about. He was sent down as the Mets continue to try and keep their average starter age over 30. I think we eventually see Brett Beatty when you know any of the many Mets 30-plus-year-olds get injured. So I'm not necessarily ready to just cut bait on him. Where are you at, Gray?
1: I mean, I think it's probably a league-dependent situation yeah. whether or not you cut him. Uh, in in some leagues, I I did cut him this past Sunday for Fab. Uh, I you know I, it, some leagues you just don't have room. I, I didn't have room in a league or two. In other leagues, I I am holding him still. I have him in uh, actually I drafted him in Tout Wars. I have him there. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunately, I, it, it, it's, it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that they sent them down. I mean it's really stupid. It's like it's old, it's old thinking. Like they, I'm I'm really surprised that no one said anything to like you know like I'm surprised nothing came from upstairs with like Steve Cohen saying like you know I I put six hundred and eighty five billion dollars into this team put our best <laughs> fucking foot forward. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Like seriously, like it's real. it's, it's frustrating. You know, I uh, pardon the curse, but it's like, what, I mean, what are they doing, man? It's like, it's really bad. Like it's bad. It's just not smart. Because like, if you have, you have so much, you know, on riding on this, like, you know, how long is Verlander and Scherzer and Carrasco? How long are these guys going to stay healthy? Like, and their their team is old. You like Brett Beatty is like, you know he could be like their third third or fourth best hitter. Like you gotta go with your best lineup right now. Like it's not smart. It just isn't. Like it's really bad. And I'm surprised they're doing it because like I you know you know people I make fun of the Mets a lot. Obviously we all do. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot to make fun of. But this is not a thing that's really, like, a standard Mets issue. Like, most issues with the Mets is, like, Sterling Marte, you know, tripped over, like, a, a, a dog toy, and he sprained his ankle, and he's out for uh, five months. Like, that's a, that's a Mets thing to make. You know, like, that's a Mets thing that you expect. Uh, not bringing up Brett Beatty because of what? Service time? What What does that do for you? Like, someone said to – I think you replied that it is a service time thing. Uh, You know, because someone said, like, oh, is this a a service time manipulation thing? And I was like, no, because – I mean, it is. It is a service time thing, but you don't need to do it. Like, if you're the Mets, you just bring up Beatty, and if he gets the free agency a year earlier – you give them twenty million dollars. Like who cares? Like it, there's no manipulation if you have twelve billion dollars to spend. <laughs> it doesn't. Like there's that's just bad. It's just a bad move, man. It's just it's really frustrating too. It's probably more frustrating because I drafted <laughs> a bunch Everywhere. of players. <laughs> so um so I was like personally affronted (laughs) so you know like because it's a personal thing it got it, it annoyed me even more but i mean he could hit right now in the majors he could basically be better than what we were saying with oscar colas i mean he could he could hit for a better average he could hit 27 homers and hit 260 like in the majors right now which is better than eduardo escobar you know like Rudy keeps going on about like, well, they have Escobar. It's like, who cares if they have Escobar? (laughs) Make Escobar a bench bat. They have so much money there that there's no reason. There's no reason to play Escobar. I understand he could be as good as Escobar, but his upside is better than Escobar. And Escobar is not good <laughs> anyway uh, it's frustrating yeah i mean when you can
0: get uh, eduardo escobar and daniel Vogelbach and luis guillermo and tim lacastro at bats gray i mean you got to do it and, and and bury your your lead prospect uh that's that's definitely have to, has to happen apparently in new york um you know i guess it's like a maybe the mets don't think he's going to finish like top three in the in the rookie of the year voting because it's like it's a little top heavy on the nl
1: side with I'm gonna, back like I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna pu- I'm gonna push back on I'm gonna push back on that because like they don't need to finish top three. They don't need the extra draft picks. No, this is not the this is not the pirates we're talking about. Like they don't need to the, they don't need to manipulate service time. They don't need the draft picks. They can just go out and and buy people at this point. And they have done that. So if you buy if you're buying Scherzer, Verlander, Sterling Marte, Uh, Lindor, if you're buying all these guys who have like a certain window to win, you gotta go for it now. Two years? Do you got like a year? A year and a half? That's what you got with
0: with the team they have. Like Marte's 34, Lindor's 29 and a half, Uh, Alonzo, who used to be the young guy, is 28. Uh, Like everybody else on the roster is 31 or older. You got two 38 year old pitchers, 38, 40 year old pitchers, a 36. Your old pitch. Like, what? What's They signed this 30-year-old pitcher from Japan. Like, this is the time. Uh, I'm with you. Let's go ahead and get off of the Mets because we can sit here all day and just drag them down. Uh, actually, I guess we're not getting off the Mets. Uh, Edwin Diaz, he's down with a Patellar 10, and they're still kind of waiting to see where the final say is, but he's done. Um, it looks like it's one of David Robertson or Adam Adovino. A lot of fab runs are going to happen before... You know, we start on Thursday. Is there – what are you putting – Is like, Robertson's out there in your league. What are you putting percentage-wise on, on him if you need saves, Gray? Oh,
1: wow. Well, Robertson is a uh, – Robertson's probably around, like, uh, Alexis Diaz, uh, maybe Clay Holmes even. Uh, I think it's Robertson 95, uh, Altavino 5. Is how I would. I mean, anything could happen with cl- closers are fickle. So Robertson could like get injured or just be ineffective. So I mean, that's possible. But Otto, Otto Vino is definitely the eight the eight the eighth inning man. Robertson's the ninth inning man. Uh, so it depends on how badly you need a closer. But Robertson to me could step in and get you know, what you thought you were getting from, like I said, like Clay Holmes or anyone in, in sort of that, like 110 overall range uh-huh. of closer uh, Robertson could be there. So yeah, if you need saves, I would trade for Robertson. I'd obviously I draft them. If people are still drafting at this point, I would, I would grab them anywhere that I need saves. I think in my I think Fab has run already in, in most of my leagues, and Robertson went for, like, he went as high as, like, 400 out of 1,000, which, to me, it feels high. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, that's a lot, because, like, closers will appear out of nowhere during the season, so you don't you don't have to chase anyone at, for, for for 400 out of 1,000. Like, you know, and if... Obviously if it's a hundred dollars, that's forty dollars out of a hundred. That's a lot. I don't know. I I wouldn't have went that high, even if I owned Edwin Diaz, which I never would have owned. Oh, and by the way, Edwin Diaz and Rocio Iglesias, I mean, you know, people won't remember this, you know, in two weeks, let alone next year. But all the people that were pushing up closers and were like, oh, you have to take a closer in the top three rounds. Like, oh, OK. Can I take Edwin Diaz or Rocio Iglesias? Which one should I take? Oh, oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, oh, oops. I mean, it's like and it's like this every year. I mean, this is not a new this is not a new phenomenon. People are drafting Josh Hader. Like he didn't have a, a 12 plus ERA last year in the second half. Like it's, I, you know what? Closers make people do daffy things, man. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't understand it. But you know, Edwin Diaz. I guess since I mentioned him too, um, AJ Minter is the fill in for Rocio Iglesias. And on Iglesias's point, I'll say this: like they're saying. It's not bad and he'll, you know, he'll be throwing again in a week or whatever, but it's a shoulder injury. So he throws again in a week. Let's just put it this way. He throws again in a week. This is best case scenario, by the way. Throws again in a week. He has to then go to uh, minor league games and get work in. That takes at least a week. Uh, This is with no setbacks, by the way. So he's at least end of April. Is, is when he, we're going to see him. So he's going to be out like pos- – so he's going to miss like probably – and then who knows when the Braves will have their first save chance after he returns. And then what if it reoccurs? We'll say it won't re- reoccur in the best-case scenario. But in the best-case scenario, he's still missing a month. I mean it, it, realistically he's missing a month. So – and then if any any setbacks along the way – AJ Minter is going to be the closer until the All Star break. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying he will, but any setbacks, because as soon as you have a setback with your shoulder as a pitcher, that means he can't throw again for another week. So then he has to ramp up again, and then the the ramp up becomes even longer because now he hasn't thrown in four weeks or five weeks and six weeks. Like it just becomes like you know a. Um, it, it just like it, it, it's self fulfilling thing where like AJ Minter's not a bad pick. I see him going pretty late in drafts. I I like AJ Minter as a you know as a reliever in general. If he's a closer, he could he could be as good as Robertson potentially. If Rossio Iglesias has a setback or two, so you know just put that. Yeah, out.
0: and I guess in regards to the Fabs, as I brought it up. For Robertson, I'm actually perfectly fine. If you need saves, I'm fine spending thirty or forty percent. I'm I tend to ignore saves and drafts. I'm one of those people that will spend the money in Fab early to take these shots on these guys. My thinking being, Robertson, and you're right. Closers come along all season, but if Robertson or Mentor is the guy, I've now obtained a top fifteen closer for Fab. I didn't have to do any trades. I didn't have to do anything. It just it happened in Fab. I grabbed them. I'm fine doing it, especially in zero dollar fab leagues. Now, if you have to spend money to pick up players, that's, that's a little bit different. I think if you're not in a need position though, it's like a 20%, I think on, on Robertson, I'd say like 20 to 25% on Robertson. And then
1: for mentor, for for a, uh, Oh, sorry, not to interrupt, but for, uh, you know, for, (laughs) um, uh, just an example of it. I draft, I mean, excuse me, I didn't draft. I, uh, I bid uh 12 dollars out of 100 for Robertson and the person who had Edwin Diaz bid 17 and they got him uh which is I think that that feels about right uh, 17 out of 100 so you know 100 and a little bit over uh like 170 if it's a thousand um and I bid like 120 or 12 uh I mean that's that feels like about right yeah, it depends on how badly you need saves. Though. Yeah, it, it certainly does. If you load it up on saves
0: and you didn't have Diaz or Iglesias, you're probably fine. Um, and Mentor, I, I think you have a little bit more... Confidence that he's the guy that I do. I think it's a split. I think it's Mentor, Jimenez, and McHugh, just depending on the matchups, who's there. I think they'll they'll use Mentor still in that high leverage lefty scenario. I know they have a couple of other lefties in the pen, but Mentor is their high leverage lefty. So I, I think Jimenez and possibly McHugh, uh, just depending on which of them kind of is better this season. It's it's relief pitchers, so that can move year to year but i i think one or both of them also get some numbers there so i'm spending less on mentor than robertson but i think both both are going to get you some saves here um moving on to tony goslin's injury he has a sprained ankle he's likely to miss most or all of april so ryan pepia is getting his chance in the rotation last year in triple a he had 91 innings he pitched to a 107 whip, he had a 31% K rate and just under a 10% walk rate. He had 36 innings in the majors, seven starts out of that. It's little, little samples, but uh, he had a 347 ERA, 146 whip with a 26% K rate and certainly struggled with the walks at 17% in that 36 innings. He has to find some control. I mean, I, you didn't need me to tell you the 17% walk rate, but like he, he needs to find some control, but the stuff is there, Greg.
1: Yeah, no, completely. I actually I like Gavin Stone as a uh, a flyer too. At the very end of drafts, uh, I we took him in the main in like the next to last draft. Uh, excuse me, next to round and uh, next to last round. Um, Pepiot, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the problem with him. It's like command. If his command is going to be wonky i mean that could that could spell trouble i mean that's a that's a uh, that's a setup for a roofie, really you know like if he's if he's got bad commands that could kill that could kill you <laughs> and uh, for like you know he goes out and throws three innings and gives up seven runs or something like those are the guys with bad command are the killers so i i am pretty iffy on peppy i have him actually i i did draft him in a couple leagues uh super late. In like um, draft and hold, I think I have them, um, and like um, maybe NL only. Like so, I do have Pepiot. I have shares of Pepiot. So I would, I would, you know, give him a shot in deeper leagues, but in a shallower league, I wouldn't mess with Pepiot At this point, I mean, you know, the do- the Dodgers do, they do turn, you know. Turns into pixie ducks or whatever <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a phrase i don't, I don't think that's, I don't know if that's a I... phrase but they, <laughs> they do, yeah that might that might not be a phrase but they do really like you know turn fifth starters into like aces so i mean there might be something there but right now i would tread lightly yeah i
0: agree it's it's kind of like a flyer i'm not starting him his first time out like i just Actually, I don't know what their schedule is, but I'm just more than likely not starting this first time out, even if it's against a good opponent, just because if he puts up like six walks and blows up your whip, it's just a terrible number to start looking at your season with, but definitely somebody to pick up and and wait and see on. Uh, Next up is Ryan Nelson, who was named the fifth starter in Arizona. He did struggle in AAA last year, but that's also Reno in the PCL. The PCL is basically a full league of great American ballparks like Cincinnati, and Reno is basically the course field in that scenario, so it's the worst of the worst of them. But he's shown K potential in the minors. He, th- he works with a 95-plus mile-an-hour fastball. He's got a slider and a curve, and then, like, a show-me change-up. Are you more interested in Ryan Nelson than Ryan Pepiat?
1: Uh... <laughs> uh twisting the arm <laughs> I think I'm more interested in Pepia just because I like the Dodgers are usually, <laughs> Yeah just like the Dodgers thing but yeah I mean I I actually have uh Nelson in a, a couple leagues uh also NL NO only or or deeper like draft and hold leagues but uh Papilla seems like he has more strikeout potential than um like uh, Nelson, who's uh, you know even in Triple A, his um, his strikeouts were a little bit suppressed. But like you said, PCL, so it's hard to say exactly. Uh, he supposedly has good stuff, so there is that. Um, I was um, I was kind of hoping for Dre Jamison to be honest, but yeah, I mean it's fine either way. I, I you know it's a, it's just a flyer. It's a, a deep league flyer. A shallower league, maybe a streamer, but you know, I would see. I would wait to see something first. Like he could be, he could become a hot pickup, like you know, a week or two into the season if he looks good in his first start. But right now, yeah, I feel kind of like even less enthusiastic about him than I do about Pebyak. <laughs> All
0: right, that's fair enough. I think, I think I'm with you in regards to like Pepiat is with the Dodgers, which gives him just the Dodgers voodoo magic. But if we're just looking at straight-up skill sets, I think I like Nelson more. I think they've both shown 30% K potential in the minors. And I just like the pitch mix a little bit more with Nelson. And he finds over the plate a little bit more often uh, than we've seen from Papiat so far. So don't think I'm starting either in in the short term. But I I think both are fine speculative pickups to see if they stick and to see if they, they can command their plus stuff. Moving on to the Yankees rotation, only Nestor and Cole remain from what we thought it would be at the start of the season or maybe at the end of last season. So Clark Schmidt, Domingo Herman are getting their shot. Where are your interest levels for those two compared to the Nelson-Pepiat tier?
1: Let's see. Uh, I like, you know, I mean... So my my bigger problem with the Yankees rotation, and this is more of a long term problem, I you know I do, Rodon, like pitcher injuries are scary in general, and I've backed off of Rodon because he was injured, but you know it does sound like he's getting he's he's feeling better his his arm and he's he's throwing already, so I do think Clark Schmidt, uh, Herman is probably safer, but Clark Schmidt I think is going to get you know, potentially, uh, bumped from the, uh, rotation at some point, maybe not, maybe not immediately, you know, the, uh, the Yankees have a, a ton of injuries, uh, to their pitchers, you know, so it's like Garrett Cole and hope <laughs> and pray. <laughs> they don't have to, uh, then hope uh, pray for rain, Garrett Cole and pray for rain. Uh, I think, um, you know, they have like Johnny Brito in their line in their rotation right now. I don't even know. I don't honestly know what a Johnny <laughs> Brito is, to be honest. I just remember like Yankees fans in like December saying how they had the best rotation in baseball. <laughs> now it's like and here comes Johnny Brito. <laughs> Welcome to Yankees Baseball. Uh yeah, I mean Clark Schmidt, I like Clark Schmidt and um Domingo Herman. I think Herman's probably safer for for innings. And um, I think Clark Schmidt has a little bit more upside, but I don't really like Clark Schmidt hasn't really started that many games. So like in the past, like (laughs) a while now, like almost like four years, uh, like he doesn't have that many innings to throw, I don't think. And I think they probably want him as a long man out of the pen. So I don't think they're going to wear him out. Like I, I think Clark Schmidt may get a, a like. I would put his under at like seven starts this year. Like I just don't think he's going to start that much. Um, Domingo Herman I think could start a decent amount. Like, let's say Domingo Herman has like maybe fifteen to seventeen starts in his arm. I think. Um, And then, you know, it also depends on, like, what goes on with their, uh, you know, their whatchamacallits, their injured pitchers. Like, um, you know, Rodon, like I said, Rodon seems like he could come back, like, fairly soon. Like, I don't think he's, like, it, it sounds like best possible scenario if you drafted Rodon. Like, it sounds like he could potentially be back, you know, maybe within, you know, April, like third week of April, maybe if you're, if you're lucky, maybe, maybe end of April, you know, in, in that area, possibly like, um, and I, you know, I I don't know, like the, uh, I think probably Herman is like Herman in my rankings. I think I have Herman around like Justin Steele, uh, which is like, or which is like end of the top 80 starters, uh, like the last, like the fifth fifth to sixth starter on like a 12-team mixed league, Hermanes is. And Clark Schmidt, I think, is like, you know, a, like a seventh or eighth starter in a deeper league. Um, that's sort of my take on those guys.
0: All right. I think I'm going in a different direction than you are. I, I think I have Clark Schmidt at the top of the – like the, if we're talking about Schmidt, Herman, Nelson, Pepiot, that of those four, I have thought his uh, his control is is also not amazing, but I think he has probably the better control of the three youngsters that we've talked about. Um, I think his numbers are solid. I, I'd say I give I'm giving him a little bit more upside for innings. I think he could get to 120, 130, just because I don't think the Yankees' rotation really ever gets fully healthy this season. I mean, we're not really going to get Frankie Montas back. We're not getting Luis Gil back. Um, Severino should come back in a month, month and a half. Rodon, you already mentioned. I think, Sever-
1: I think, Severino-, I think Severino might even be back before Rodon, honestly. I don't think Severino is going to be out that long. I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, yeah, it might be just – it's just a different opinion. I, I don't dislike either of them. I just feel like Schmidt is – not long for the rotation. Yeah, that's fair. I'm but, also, man, I guess
0: it... I'm thinking, I, I want my innings now. I'll figure out what happens when Schmidt goes down at that point Yeah, rather than fair. rolling out Domingo Herman and his, like, I don't know, high threes, four ERA for the whole season uh, with low Ks. Like, Schmidt brings the K upside versus Herman, Um So that's that's kind of where I'm at with them. And then the rest of them, I would say Nelson, Herman, and then Pepe out for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I I feel like they're all kind of flyers and they could all end up, they could end up in any sort of ranking, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not guaranteeing any of
0: them perform to a useful 12 team level, but that's the order I would take my shots on them. Um, Reese Hoskins is out. That really hurts me because I have Reese Hoskins all over the place. Uh, Derek Hall may get some time at first base. There's Baum, Schwarber, Riomoto. They'd have all played some first base. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt uh, Nick Castellanos, and, and Josh Harrison have played a little bit of first base. I mean, I guess the bonus would be if Schwarber gets first base, or or if Luke Voigt has an all like a regular gig. Uh, and then Derek Hall. I mean, if they don't, if if they give the job to Derek Hall, he has he has some power upside in him as well. It just it doesn't feel like they're going to hand him the job.
1: No, no, and you know, and, and like I said, Fab ran for me in some leagues, and people went really crazy with the Derek Hall pack. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe I could be wrong. I just feel like, like he feels like a poor man's Luke Voigt, if that <laughs> makes sense. You know, like yeah, like I don't know. Maybe he gets twenty five homers, but I think he could, he could probably, he's probably gonna hit two twenty and. I think he's a platoon bat too. So that immediately takes the shine off of him in weekly leagues. Like you can't play a platoon bat in weekly leagues, um, at least shallower weekly leagues, like in a deeper weekly league, then you might be able to get away with a little bit, but shallower weekly leagues, I wouldn't play Derek Hall. And then, um, so that leaves him for uh, daily leagues. So that means you need to have someone on your bench to fill in for him or you're just taking the L for every time he, you know, faces an L. <laughs> <laughs> I, that doesn't sound like a winning strategy for me. So I mean, Derek Hall's fine if, like, in a in an NL only, great, absolutely. In a, uh, I mean, he just got a huge boost in value in an NL only. Like he's now he's now really valuable in NL only. But in uh, a shallower mixed league. Okay, but you need to platoon him like you can't you can't let him go out there every start, yeah,
0: and I think the Phillies are gonna do that as well, you know, I mean, you don't really want him facing lefties as you as you said, you know anytime we we kind of bring up the lefty lefty matchups, but you're right, I mean he's gonna he's to sit, and again, I don't think he's even necessarily the guy. They've kind of just penciled him him in where Reese Hoskins would fit in the lineup as well. I don't think that's that's really true either. So all of that kind of tumbles to say I don't think either of us are high man on Derek Hall. He did have twenty eight home runs last year in AAA. So like I said, there's power upside there. I think it comes with a like you said a two twenty maybe even lower average um, and in platoon issues along with everything else. What I'm really hoping, again, is just Kyle Schwarber gets first base eligibility. That would be pretty awesome. Moving on, Jose Altuve, he's out two months at least with the thumb surgery. That leaves David Hensley and Mauricio DeBond for second base duties. Are you interested in, in really either of these guys? Anything that's not a deeper league? Gray?
1: Uh, no. Uh, Hensley was a, uh, a hot guy off of waivers in AL only. Um, mixed league, I don't, I, you know, like it would have to be like, like a, a dollar flyer in a, a mixed league. Like I, you know, his, his numbers don't look awful in the minors, but I think he was old for like where he was oh. in the minors. I don't, you know, I, I mean, he seems like he has good contact, you know, the, uh, the Astros really, I mean, the Astros develop guys really well when it comes to, like, contact and, you know, taking your waiting for your pitch, and, you know, he's got a, he's got a little bit of speed, so I don't know. I mean, he's obviously going to get replaced immediately, um, you know, as soon as Altuve's healthy. Uh, this, Hensley, this is, by the way, Dubon is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Dubon's, no, Dubon's nothing. I mean, that, you know, they're saying that they're going to be a platoon of some sort, but I would not— I wouldn't mess with Dubon unless it's like an AO only and you throw a dollar at Dubon to see if he gets at bats. But Hensley, I think, is the guy. Um, and he could be OK for a very deep league. Like, you know, maybe maybe three homers, 12 steals, 250 average for like in like two months which is, you know, that's not great for mixed leagues, but in an AL only. Yeah, AL okay. only
0: deep leagues. I, I think that you're right. That's Hensley. You he take a shot there. AL only, like deep AL only for Dubon. Like that's that's pretty much the only place. Um, Jorge Polacco is going to miss some time with completely normal knee soreness, Greg. Completely normal knee soreness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> completely, nor- <laughs> completely normal knee soreness that he's had since July of last year. Hey man, at any point, you know, during a six-month baseball season, this could just magically heal, and it will never hurt him again, right? <laughs> and then you can have Jorge Polanco back. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah, that's totally that's totally gonna happen. I think. Uh, I think there, like Nick Gordon, it's not. I mean, it's not. He's not exciting, but like he got a boost in value because of uh, you know Polanco. I think maybe. Kyle Farmer, possibly, um, you know, another guy who has almost exactly the same thing, which is uh, Alex Kirilov, same, same team, and he's had a wrist problem since, like, 2018. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not getting better. I mean, it's sad. It's unfortunate for him. But I think Kirilov, because of this, I'm really, I'm kind of, like, crazy excited for Trevor Larnick. So uh, for people who aren't familiar, he's got huge power, Trevor Larnick, and he is probably the starter for them now in the outfield with Kirilov out. And I mean, Larnick hit. I want to. I don't know. I don't know the park it is, but in spring training, he hit the ball not only out of the out of a field, he hit the ball out of the stadium. Like he, that's the kind of power he has. Like he, he has. I think five homers in spring training. Like he is impressing everyone right now in spring training. And he's got like 70 grade power. Like I, I, I drafted, I actually put in a fab bed for Larnick in um, all of my NFBC leagues. I grabbed him in our main event. We, uh, we grabbed him for uh, like $17 out of a thousand Larnick hits. If Larnick hits in, april he's gonna be like a guy who's gonna break out and people are gonna be bidding like nuts for him like he is honestly i feel like larnik might be the number one like pickup right now for power uh in like mixed leagues potentially like i you know, it depends on how shallow your league is. Like, obviously, if a Jordan Walker is available, then he's a better pickup or a Volpe. Like, there's like there's definitely caveats. But Larnik, for a deeper mixed league, like a 15-team mixed league, Larnik could be a 25-plus homer hitter, and Kirilov is never getting healthy. So I like Larnik. Um, he might – you know, he's a lefty, so he's going to probably get platooned out. But like you mentioned before – you don't want lefties facing lefties anyway. So that's a, you know, that's its own situation. But yeah, Larnick and Nick Gordon for the Twins for Polanco and Kirloff.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've always loved Kirloff. I, I will hold out hope for as long as he's around that, that he's going to get it together and be the player I thought he was. Um, in regards to Larnick, I, I think it's a, again, I think you're, you're right that it's a good spec pickup. He does have... Just amazing power when he hits the ball. Um, I will say he's you know going to be a 26 year old that has struggled through the minors pretty much his whole career to this point. But sometimes it just clicks for these guys and they figure it out. So I don't mind the shot on him. Would you rather have Larnack or Derek Hall? I'm guessing you're going to say Larnack.
1: Larn Larnack, yeah, yeah, because I. Because I think the Phillies have more options uh, than Hall. And I, I don't think the Twins have as many options. Like, they're, like there is going to be the platoon for both of them. Like, they're, they're neither of them are going to face lefties, which, like you mentioned, is good in a lot of ways. Like, you don't want them facing lefties. So there's going to be, like, that issue. Um, they're actually not that dissimilar of players, except, like, in most leagues... Hall went for like 150 out of a thousand dollars of fab, and Larnick, I could have gotten him for two bucks out of a thousand. Like no one was, no one was bidding on Larnick. No one cares about Larnick, and everyone cares about Derek Hall. And I think that's that's a inefficient market. Like the Larnick's the same as Hall. Like I'm not necessarily saying Larnick is like you know, necessarily the best player in baseball, but he he is extremely cheap right now to get in waivers or drafts, and he's basically a twenty five homer two thirty hitter, at at least on the twenty five homers. Like he has power.
0: Yeah. Uh I agree he has power. I, I don't know about the at least Part of your equation, because I don't know if he hits that many <laughs> balls in play necessarily. Um I will say on the Larnack Hall thing, like Larnack has had pedigree since he was drafted, but like the last few years in triple A, double A, AA, he's been like a 33% K guy. So I'm just like the track record is there that Larnack is just a huge swing and miss power bat. Like you're getting Miguel Sano 2.0 type of guy. Derek Hall really hasn't been a 30% K guy, other than his time last year in the majors, which was part time in 42 games. So that's my that's my separator. That's why I would go with Hall over Larduck. But I get what you're saying. They're not so far apart that you should be spending 30% of your budget on Hall and ignoring Larnack completely.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: fair. Moving on, Von Grissom got sent down. I bring this up only to complain and whine about it because he's on like every single one of my <laughs> rosters. I don't really have anything because Orlando R.C. and a higher Adrianza are really only NL play NL only plays, so we're really not going after them for anything. But um, screw the Braves and their treatment of, of Von Grissom Gray. It's
1: disrespectful. Yeah. yeah, that was really that was really disappointing. At this point. You could uh, you could um, put in our uh, our entire second base podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> cut, cut it out, cut in it. our second base <laughs> podcast where we talked about Vaughn Grisham for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. All right, so moving happen. on. to... So- yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, our C is garbage though, and and Grisham. I I, th- I feel like Grisham just got sent down until he agrees to take a a twelve year deal for. 18 million dollars <laughs> and then they'll and then they'll bring him up and they'll be like okay yeah you you understand what's going yeah, on he's here getting now.
0: sent down for defense like we've heard that we've heard that before um now it has defense at shortstop isn't great i'll give him that they improved this year but like that they're sending him down for some stupid nonsensical reason that i can't make sense of other than like they they've already they have to pay rc and adrianza that's like the only thing i can even think of here Speaking of the Braves, they lost some pitchers. Kyle Wright, Kobe Allard, Mike Soroka, Oscar Morenoa, all going to start the year on the IL. So that means Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster are both going to get their chance in the rotation. I'm more interested in Schuster. I think the general, generally everybody's in with Schuster. I think he was the one who was going to get named prior to the Kyle Wright injury. But Dylan Dodd is not uninteresting in himself, Gray. Where are you at on these guys versus like that group we were talking about with the Herman Nelson, Pepiat, Clark Schmidt group?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a Schuster Dodd is like uh eighty twenty uh for Schuster is also because of the fact that he is like quite possibly like he's ready. Absolutely for the majors, but Dylan Dodd, like we've seen this before with the Braves. Like I, I would say like Schuster is probably going to get like 220 like uh, dollar fab bid like out of a thousand like that kind of like insane fab bid. And Dylan Dodd will go for like $25. Like it, it'll be like a huge discrepancy between, you know, how much um is gonna go for Schuster instead of Dodd. And I really think that like I wouldn't be surprised if like the Braves have a situation where like they're not like absolutely a hundred percent going Schuster over Dodd. Like if they're like if they get like two starts apiece in the majors in April and Dodd looks better. Dot could be the man. Like they're, I, I mean, I, we've seen this before with the Braves. Like they're not totally like tied to one guy versus the other. Like this is still, I think, a somewhat open competition. Everyone is going Schuster because uh, everyone thinks he's better, which is, you know, I think probably a correct assumption. But you never know what could happen in like a week or two of the major league season, like it could, like we could get shocked here and Dylan Dodd is quite possibly as good. Like he's really good too. So I like, you know, I like the flyer on both of them to be honest.
0: Yeah, I do too. I I think again, I'm prioritizing Schuster because he had kind of the job before the right injury, but yeah, I would be perfectly happy with both of them. And I like both of them more than pretty much anybody we've talked about up to this point, except for maybe Clark Schmidt. And again, that's kind of a, are you okay getting 100, 120 innings and then finding a guy? Or do you want a guy with maybe a little bit more inning kind of projection? Schuster threw 138 last year, so he has potential to throw more. I believe Dodd threw like 140. So both of them have more inning capability van a clark schmidt but i think those three for me are kind of the the flyer group that i want and then it falls down to the rest of them that we talked about mm-hmm. brandon hughes is out with the inflammation knee discomfort um it, it's going to be michael fomer or brad boxberger and mm-hmm. i'll go ahead and just include carlos estevez in this discussion since it's it's not an injury there, but he's been not great in spring training. So it looks like Jamie Hergate or Ryan Tapera might have an option or an opening there as well. Or they may just use all three of them. Where are you at among some of these closers here that that might be getting rotated out,
1: Gray? So I think with uh, Fulmer, Boxberger, and Hughes, like you mentioned the Hughes injury i i wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if like it's Fulmer for a little while and then it's Hughes for a little while. And maybe Boxberger gets a couple saves here and there. This, this feels like, and sh- like the Cubs feels like a committee. It, it, like it's going to be a committee the whole way. I don't know. I mean, maybe Fulmer pulls, if anyone's going to pull away with the job, it'll either be Fulmer or, or Hughes. And I'd probably put money on Fulmer, uh, but it could be either of them. And like Boxberger is probably Uh, he's probably third on that. There's Alizale. (laughs) Alizale? Alizolo? Adbert? Adbert Alizole? Alizale? You know, Alizale, excuse (laughs) me. Alizale could even get a save or two. But, uh, you know, all these guys, I'm not really super interested in, to be honest. I think Fulmer would be the one guy I would take a flyer on. He's probably the best bet for saves. Um, and then in, uh, in Anaheim, uh, I think, I think hergey was, Hergey was a guy I was, I was drafting in a bunch of places, crazy late for the saves. I think he's probably the best choice. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, the, the sexy pick in super deep leagues is Ben Joyce because he throws a hundred. But I mean, that's, you know, that's got to be, like, you know, they have guys who are going to get saves. Like, if anything, the the Angels bring up, like, Ben Joyce for the, like, middle relief. Like, why are they putting the closer job on a guy who's got, like, you know, um, no experience? Like, it doesn't, that never made it. The Ben Joyce thing just felt like a sexy pick. Like, he, like, Ben Joyce could have, a a great, middle relief year like that i could like he could be like a a michael king that that kind of thing i could see happening with ben joyce but i don't i don't really think ben joyce is getting saves to be honest like maybe an over under for saves at like four and i probably would go under for ben joyce uh herge i'd probably put it over under at like 17 I probably go under on that too. Maybe even fifteen. Like it's it's a mess. The Angels' closer situation is a mess. Estevez could totally get could get the job too. Like it, there's there's a there's, op, there's a lot of opportunities there for like just a big. Mess. There is,
0: and it is a bit of a mess. I'd agree. For what it's worth, Joyce was sent down to the minors, so it won't be him at least to start the season. I, I think yeah, I'm with you on on Herge. That's the one I'm going with. I think he's currently the best pitcher of the group. But if Estevez gets his stuff together, they could easily turn back to him. Uh, Just has been very rocky so far this spring. Uh, Jerickson Profar signs with the Rockies. He's waiting for a visa in Caraco. Uh, Are you interested in Jerickson Profar?
1: Curacao. Curacao, man. It's one of the ABC islands. Aruba. B <laughs> Curacao. <laughs> what, yeah, I, uh, my I... B. Whatever <laughs> B. It was the Bahamas, Bermuda, Barbados. <laughs> yeah, all of what's, those. What, what's with the what's with the uh, Caribbean and B? You know, B is island. a good letter I to like begin things guys. with.
0: It just it's just, it's a good thing.
1: B B, yeah. B. Don B B B. Yeah, it's Aruba. B Don Curacao. <laughs> Uh, I like Profar in, like, a, a deeper mixed league because he's probably going to lead off. And knowing the Rockies, if Profar can find his passport, they'll probably give him 550 at-bats. <laughs> I mean, it's like – it's a no-brainer to take Profar super late in a in a deep li- uh, mixed league. But, yeah, I, I'm not excited about it. But, you know, you have to probably bench him in some leagues when he's on the road. But, yeah, it's, it's – Yeah, really I mean, good. he's,
0: he's going to be fine. He's probably going to put up – I don't know, like – Ten to fifteen home runs, five ten st- st- stolen bases. He'll be awful on the road, and he'll be good at home, like every other Colorado player. So that's that's kind of what you get, and it'd be good for you know the the streaming matchup. So if you're in a deep league where you get the where you are type person who will pull them in and out, profile is a good good option there. Uh, let's talk about a few of the pitcher injuries before we get out of here. Gray, Joe Musgrove, Ranger Suarez, Adam Wainwright get injured. Sounds like Seth Lugo, and they've discussed a six-man in San Diego. I don't know who that is without Joe Musgrove, though. Maybe they do kind of a Honeywell-Groom combo thing, but I think it's a five-man with Lugo until Musgrove gets back. Uh, Ranger Suarez, it sounds like it's maybe Matt Strom or Michael Plaspeyer. And then with Wainwright, Jake Woodford. Are you interested in Lugo, Strom, Woodford, Plaspeyer, Honeywell-Groom,
1: anybody? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. They're all kind of the same. Like it's kind of funny that like Groom, Woodford, Strom, they're all kind of like they're their profiles are real similar. At least Groom and Woodford like not a ton of Ks I don't think and yeah, I don't know. Not I'm not interested in any of them. So we can Yeah, move I mean on.
0: Woodford <laughs> is is literally just in only and I mean you kind of got to be a little bit desperate for NL only for pitching. Um, maybe Lugo, I could see Lugo being the one from this list that has some, some value. He's had back-to-back seasons where he's been in the pen and, and been putting up good numbers. Um, but if he can carry some of that success over to the starting rotation, maybe oh, there's yeah. some interest
1: there. Totally. No, yeah, no, completely. Yeah. I, I was, I was saying, uh, Woodford, Strom, Strom yeah. and Groom. Um, yeah, I was, I was saying those three are, are useless. <laughs> um, Lugo yeah no Lugo is, is kind of interesting and he probably stays in the rotation for 115 innings so yeah and he's always had he's always had good numbers and Lugo's actually a sneaky pick he could be he could be pretty Yeah valuable. I like that call and I think
0: the 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 innings number is right cuz I think he's kind of their sixth man their injury replacement guy long reliever like I think he kind of fills all sorts of roles for them through the season and and I think he'll give you Solid numbers, regardless of kind of the role that he's in. Um, I, Strom used to be a prospect, and maybe there's still something there. I, I'd take a shot on him over Woodford, um, but I really don't. I don't think there's a whole lot there unless you are in the deepest of leagues. Let's end it with some pickups, Gray, and then we'll get out of here. Anybody that you think, uh, as people hit their wires for their, you know, for the first lineup here, anybody in particular that you think might be out there that that people should be looking out for.
1: Uh, well, I, I mentioned Trevor Larnick I mentioned a lot of these guys before, but, uh, there's, yeah, there's Trevor Larnick um, Pepe. Yeah, we might've covered pretty much all uh, the, all the main ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me try and think of some names we haven't covered. So the Blake Sable, um, Giants, uh, catcher eligibility, but he's probably going to play some outfield because, uh, Haniger and, um, what's his face? Uh, Conforto. Well, Haniger is actually hurt, and Conforto will be hurt. <laughs> so, Blake, Sa- Blake Sable is a catcher-eligible guy who's probably going to get a bunch of at-bats. Um, there's uh, Nick Pavetta and uh, Cutter Crawford, who I mentioned already, are going to be facing the Pirates and the Tigers next week. So that's, so that's a streamer for uh, people who are listening. Uh, will Benson is interesting. Uh, will Brennan's interesting. Um, uh, James Outman, Dodger, uh, outfielder is interesting. He's probably gonna, I would say, uh, Trace Thompson and David Peralta aren't really very good. Uh, and James Altman actually is good. Uh, so I could see him being like a hot pickup like soon. So, you know, if you want to get in front of the rush, uh, he's probably a good guy to look at. Um, you know, for at bats, just strictly at bats and nothing more, Aldemi's, uh, Demi's Diaz, uh, A's, um, they're going to play him more than they should, you know. So if you're in a deep league, that's a deep league flyer. Uh, Kerry Carpenter is uh interesting Tigers outfielder. He looked really good last year. Um, there's potential there. I, I think him um, – and then also, uh, you know, there's uh, probably – like, you say Kikuchi is probably just spring training hype. Like, every year, Kikuchi does inc- – like, Kikuchi is, like, the Nolan Ryan of spring training. <laughs> like, every year, Kikuchi is like, oh, my God, this is the year he breaks out. Like, oh, is it? Because <laughs> – I think we said that already. We've said that a We've few times. Here. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to have to look back in my notes, but I feel like Kikuchi was a hot pickup last March, April. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, he's fine. And uh, we mentioned Dylan Dodd and uh, Schuster and, yeah, and Luke Voigt. Potentially, if he signs with the Phillies, now is the time to pick up Luke Voigt before he signs with the Phillies. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and Ryan Nelson, who we mentioned already. Yeah, there's uh, – oh, Bailey Falter. He's probably uh, someone you guys should look at too. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll throw a few names on top. Uh, Bruce D'Argraterol, he's getting a little bit more momentum as a possible closer option. Um, David Peterson is out there in a number of leagues just because his, his rotation spot didn't really seem secure, but it seems like it is a little bit more now. Uh, Luis Camposano, there's the injury to uh, Austin Nola. It sounds like Austin Nola's probably back for opening day, but maybe for these first few weeks, they give Camposano a little bit more time if you're in a deep two-catcher type of league. Uh, I think Eddie Rosario is, is one that was just kind of sitting out there on a number of leagues. It sounds like he's got a starting job, and he had the eye uh, fix in the offseason, so that's that's another one to potentially look at. I think uh, I think that's a good good amount of names, though, Gray. I think we've covered some some potential pickups out there because a lot of them, a lot of leagues have already gone through their their pickup process, uh, whether it was last night or, or following the draft.
1: Uh, word. Uh,
0: I do love the Carrie Carpenter call. He's he's one of my favorites this year. So a, a great flyer, I think, for almost any league size if he gets it together. Well, Gray, we got uh, baseball happening in three days. I'm I can't wait to actually see baseball outside of the WBC like real major league baseball being played. Hyped about that and uh until we get some baseball, I will see you next week, man.
1: All right, late.